So my experiment with Anchor, the mobile podcasting app, continues, which is bittersweet to me. Sweet, because I think it's pretty badass. I have my own podcast. Bitter, because I equate podcasting with bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Anyway, guys, until further notice, this is the HVAC Know-It-All Podcast. You guys stay tuned. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Let's get to it. So, guys, before we get into anything too serious, let's let it be known. This podcast is going to try to keep it lighthearted. Listen, guys, it's HVAC. It's compressors, oil, nuts, bolts, gauges, meters. It's not brain surgery. It's not rocket science. Let's keep it lighthearted. If you hear profanity used in the podcast by me or somebody else, listen, I'm not going to edit it out because that's real life. It happened. You cannot edit real life. I'm sorry. You just can't do it. So I'm going to let it run. I'm going to let it fly because even myself, I'm not a potty mouth, but I use strategically placed profanity all the time. And people say that if you use profanity, you have a lack of vocabulary. That is bullshit. That is complete bullshit. Because I've heard scholars throwing an F-bomb here and there, and they sound brilliant. 100% brilliant. Anyway, guys, my background. Out of high school, 18 years old, I went to Humber College in Toronto, Ontario. I did a refrigeration course, got basic refrigeration basic electrical training, and I walked out of there with a gas license that allowed me to work on anything up to 400,000 BTUs. That was my start in the trade. So when I was done at school, I handed out resumes to local commercial-based companies. I wanted to work in commercial, so that's who I focused on. A couple weeks later, after handing out resumes, I got a call. I had two interviews with the same company. I got hired. I was 20 years old when I got hired. I'm 39 today. I'm still with the same company. So you can tell just from that sentence that I'm a committed kind of guy. I'm committed to my cause. Okay, guys, so what is HVAC Know-It-All? HVAC Know-It-All is a project that I thought up to run online where I brought positivity to the HVAC world for two reasons. One, I needed a fallback plan. When my body breaks down, when I'm 50, 55, maybe even earlier, who knows? I needed something that I could fall back on. Okay, this I thought was a good start to building something productive and something positive. So I started HVAC Know-It-All on Facebook. I blogged about my service calls, my jobs, my tools, my problems, my fixes, and it caught on, and surprisingly so. I mean, I didn't know if it would or not, but it did. Now I'm on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. I have my own website, hvacknowitall.com. Check it out, guys, and sign up for the email list, please. So HVAC Know It All was a project that I derived in my head as a fallback plan to when I get older and my body starts breaking down. Number two, HVAC groups, I jump on, and all I'd see is negativity. The negativity drove me nuts. I wanted to do something about that negativity. So when I started on Facebook, I tried to be as positive as positive can be. 
I shared other people's jobs in a positive light, and I encouraged others to comment constructively rather than negatively. So the name HVAC Know-It-All, where the hell did that come from? Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's not based on my personality because I'm nowhere near a know-it-all. The amount of shit that you guys have taught me over the, the last year and a half is unbelievable. I've been humbled by you guys telling me I'm wrong about certain things. And I've had to step back, take a look in the mirror and say, hey, maybe I got to change my perspective on how I look at the trade and how I look at myself going forward. So HVAC know-it-all is basically based on sarcasm and humor because we can't ever know it all. Any facet of life that you walk into, you'll never know it all, especially in this trade. It's so vast. It's ever-changing. There's always new equipment coming out. You're always updating your trading. So guys, that is HVAC Know-It-All. It's a project for positivity in the HVAC world, and the name is based purely on sarcasm and a little bit of humor. So guys, coming up in this episode, I want to talk about basic electrical troubleshooting, okay? Something we all got tied up on as a young, young tech coming up. Switches and loads, guys. Switches and loads. Coming up right now. Guys, in order to understand the basic principle of an electric circuit and how to troubleshoot it, we need to understand two basic items within the electrical circuit themselves. One being the switch, two being the load. Now let's start with the switch. What is a switch? Well, it's a device that opens and closes and allows or disallows current flow through it. Types of switches, we got disconnects, we got high limits, flow switches. Um, the contact points of a relay or a contactor is also a switch. When I came up through school, a lot of guys got confused with the terminology normally open and normally closed. So touching on that for one sec, a normally open switch is a switch that starts in the open position before anything else happens in the operation of that machine. So for instance, we have a normally open flow switch on a boiler. It sits open. We need an action to change that switch's position. So the homeowner goes over to the thermostat, turns it up, starts a pump. The pump starts flowing water through the boiler. That flow switch picks up on that movement of water and it closes. So that is the action to change that normally open switch to the closed position. Normally closed switches, well that's just the opposite of that. A normally closed switch starts out in the closed position and we need an action to open it. So an example of that would be a high limit switch in the heat exchanger section of a furnace. So when the high limit switch gets to the cutoff point because we have a bad blower or a dirty filter, we're going to cut that switch. We're going to open it up. So that switch starts in the normally closed position and it needs an action to open it. So basically normally open and normally closed are the starting points of the switch and we need an action to change the position of the switch. Now to troubleshoot a switch is very, very easy. You can troubleshoot it two ways with a voltmeter or with an ohm meter. Now with a circuit powered up and your meter set to volts, and let's say, for example, this is a 24-volt circuit, a low-voltage control circuit, okay? Very, very simple. 
put your meter to, to volts, you put your meter leads across that switch. If that switch is closed, you'll be reading zero on the screen of your meter because there's no potential voltage across that switch. All right, the opposite will happen if the switch is open. If the switch is open and you put your meter leads across it, you will read a potential voltage and because the applied voltage to the circuit is 24 volts, you will read 24 volts across that switch. Now the other way to troubleshoot a switch is with your ohm meter. Set your meter to ohms, okay? On an open switch, when you put your meter leads across that switch, and do it with the power off, by the way, you don't want to ohm anything out with the power on. So shut the power down to the machine, put your meter leads across that switch on the ohm setting, and you should get an OL, an open reading on that switch. Now if that switch is closed, your meter usually has a setting that will beep at you if you're testing a closed circuit like a fuse or a switch. So I recommend you can set it to that, but I also want you to look at the screen on your meter because you probably will notice a very, very low resistance reading, usually less than one ohm of resistance. And your meter will beep at you when that switch is closed. So guys, that's it. That's a switch. That's a normally open and normally closed switch. And those are the two ways to troubleshoot it with your voltmeter and your ohmmeter. Let's go on the loads, guys. So guys, let's talk about loads for a minute. And you guys, let me stop you right there with the dirty minds. Not that kind of load. Not that kind of load. This ain't that kind of podcast. Anyway, let's talk about loads. What is a load? A load is a motor. A load is a coil of a contactor. A load is a coil of a relay. A load is a compressor. So once you have all your switches in the correct position, you're going to want to get power to your load before it'll start up, before it'll be powered up. For instance, a compressor. You want that contactor to close to relay power to your load. So let's say that compressor is not starting. How are you going to check that compressor? You want to check across the load. Okay, you want to check across the windings to make sure it's receiving the proper power. So if it's a 208 single phase compressor, you're going to want to check against your common and your run terminals to make sure that you're getting the right power to that compressor. If it's a 208 compressor and you check across it and you're only getting 120, you know that's not getting the correct power. If you check across it and it's getting 208 on a 208 single phase compressor, you know it's getting the correct power and there's got to be something wrong with that compressor. Either it's seized up or the windings are bad or there's something else going on. Alright, so when you check a load, you want to check across it. Same with a contactor coil. Two terminals on a contactor coil. You don't want to check to ground, but you can. You can check the ground to make sure it's receiving power, but you want to check across it to make sure it's receiving the proper voltage. If it's a 24 volt coil, all right, you want to check across that coil. If it's receiving 24 volts and it's not pulling in, there's something else going on that you need to look at. So I want you guys to check across the loads to make sure they're receiving proper power. Now with the power off,
guys, you want to check across the load to check winding resistance, all right? So if you go across a contactor coil and you show open, that winding is open. That winding is not going to work. That contactor is not going to pull in. With a compressor and a motor, you can also take each winding to ground. Because if you go to ground on each winding, that will give you an indication that there may be a short present in one of those windings. Okay, but if you go across the windings, for instance, of a three-phase motor, they should all be the same. If you go across a winding of a single-phase motor, you have nothing really to compare it to except picking up the phone and calling the manufacturer to see what the winding resistance is supposed to be. But for a load with the power off, you can check across the winding. And you can also check to ground to make sure that that load is not shorted. So when you bring switches and loads together, that completes your circuit. Okay, we don't need to get into anything too crazy like control boards and 0 to 10 volts DC. As long as you guys understand a switch, and as long as you guys understand a load, half of your troubleshooting issues are out the window. Okay. Now, I implore you guys to every time you walk up to a unit, remove the diagram, study the diagram. Don't take your eyes off of it until you understand what's going on with that machine or until your head hurts and you've had enough. Take your finger, start at the beginning, start at the beginning and move along, going through each switch, each load, follow it, see where it goes, what it does. That's what I used to do as an apprentice. I used to take my finger and I used to follow that line to go through each switch and each load till I understand what was happening. Basic electrical troubleshooting isn't complete unless I throw a few pointers at your skull to uh, cap this podcast off. One being your meter. When you pull your meter out, check your leads. Make sure there's no nicks. There's no cuts in the insulation because you could get a nice little zap if you're not paying attention to that. The other thing I need you to do is when you plug your meter leads in, make sure they're in all the way because if you have one sticking out half-ass, when you go to check voltage, it's not going to read nothing, and you're going to think that's safe. You're going to think it's safe to touch. Make sure you got no cracks in your insulation of your leads, and make sure your, your meter leads are plugged in all the way, not half-ass. All right, the other thing that you need to do when you approach a machine is you want to check the cabinet of that machine for power because poor ground to a machine can cause that cabinet to actually be live if there's a short inside that machine. Believe it or not, ask guys that have been in the field for years, they'll tell you the same thing. So you need to check the cabinet of that machine. Now I have a Testo 745 voltage stick and I would wave it across the disconnect or the cabinet to make sure it's not live. You can also do it, some meters out there, they have the capability of checking for power without using a ground reference. Some meters have that capability. So check those cabinets to make sure they're not live before you touch it. Okay, the second thing you're going to want to do when you're entering a machine, you want to check primary power first. Because without primary power, without proper primary power, 
that machine's not going to work correctly. You're not going to have the right secondary voltage, and you're not going to be sending the correct voltage to your loads, your motors, your compressors. So start with the primary power. When that's correct, then you can go to your low voltage circuit. Make sure the power at your low voltage circuit is present, and that's also correct. Okay. Now that you've verified your primary power source and your secondary power source, now you can start to put your finger on that line and move down each switch, checking across it, like we discussed, with your voltmeter or your ohmmeter to make sure it's closed or open, whichever position it's supposed to be in, and then move down and checking your loads one by one to make sure they're powered up. So those are the basics of electrical troubleshooting. Like I said, I don't want to get too much into it. We don't need to talk about control circuits, 0 to 10 volts DC, 4 to 20 milliamps. We don't need to talk about that today. This is just basic, basic stuff. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. This is my first, first ever podcast, the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Guys, you guys have a great day. You guys stay safe, stay healthy, happy HVACing. You guys check out my website, hvacknowitall.com. Sign up for the email list. That'd be awesome. Take it easy, guys. Happy HVACing.